Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, where we explore the muse and music from the North Shore to the South Shore, from New York City to the Hamptons, on the island of Long here in New York. I'm Steve Yusko from GigDestiny.com. Stay tuned as we explore the Long Island Sound. You are going to be so happy that you tuned in today. You're going to meet Rory Kelly, a singer-songwriter from Long Island. We had a great conversation. She brings a lot of joy and humor, beautiful voice, a great use of technology and guitar and piano playing. We'll hear some live tunes as well as a song from her album. We'll learn about social media and how she's been able to build community through the pandemic. So stick with us. You're going to have a good time. As I go around Long Island, I'm always on the hunt for the elusive Long Island sound. You know, those singer-songwriters who play live in the bars and restaurants and theaters locally on Long Island and abroad, especially those with original music. So when I asked my friend Mike Nugent to suggest somebody, Mike told me to reach out to Rory Kelly. Mike had a smile on his face and a gleam in his eyes when he said, you know, Steve, she's the real deal. And hearing that from Mike, who has his own production studio and works with many musicians, that was really saying something to me and piqued my curiosity. What I found was this vocalist, this young lady who was joyful as I look forward to discover more and more of her music. And what a joy it is to have her on our program today. So I want to say, welcome to the program, Rory Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so glad to be here. And um, like I think I might have told you before, I I will bring the hordes of the females for you. There's so many great female musicians on Long Island. So if I was you have opened Pandora, I was a younger man. Ah, but (laughs) (laughs) and Pandora was was a female. I think yes. 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 So uh, I welcome that. I welcome that because we're here just to have a good time. For people who are new to the podcast, you get to know artists, musicians, singer-songwriters, mostly original singer-songwriters from Long Island who play about town, and we get to know the artists behind the music. And sometimes I'll ask questions that um, just are a little different aren't from the normal media as far as, oh, dissect this song for me and tell me, how did you come about that, you know? So uh, just, to, <laughs> just to kind of set the stage, so to speak. But I always am interested and how you got started? What were your early influences uh, to say, yeah, I want, I, I want to play music. I want to be a musician. Where did it start for you, Kelly? Rory, Rory Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I grew up in a musical family. Obviously, my parents were both musicians um, and were both gigging musicians while I was, uh, you know, being cooked up in the womb and, uh, <laughs> you know, while I was uh, a kid. And so there was always music in my life and I didn't necessarily 
like have this thing of, I have to follow in my parents' footsteps, but the bug just hit me, you know, around the time that I started going through puberty, um, the year I was 12 or 13, I, like so many people at that age, I had a lot of feelings, you know, and um, I just remember music being the thing that made me feel, I don't want to say that it made me feel better. It just made me feel seen. You know, I think that's what the healing thing about um, a really special song that touches you is it makes you feel seen and it makes you feel not so alone. And I was listening to something way too late at night. I think it was uh, Sean Colvin's Sunny Came Home. And it just put me in, you know, that special headspace you get in when you're listening to something and it just takes you another place. And I was like, this is what I have to do. This is what I want to do with my life. This is it. Wow. Wow. And, and, and you continue, which, which is great, you know? Yeah. It's funny. Like how many of those moments do we get? I'm sure, I'm sure we think those kind of things often, but like, I have never looked back. I have never, ever felt a need to question that. I've been like, yep, this is it. This is the calling. Here it is. That's, that's real. That's <laughs> to recognize that. And obviously you've got some tremendous talent, which our audience will, will hear. But um, what I also, you know, what I picked up with what you just said was, uh, in the way of uh, receiving and giving communication. Uh, many times, I've, I've written poetry and small things and muses, and there are things that come out of my heart that I might not be able to say directly to, to my, my lovely, my, my spouse or somebody close, but I can hide mm -hmm. it. I can hide it in a muse or a song and, mm -hmm. and feel like, oh, yeah, I got, I, all right, I got it out. I, I put it out there. Uh, even if it's if it's in my notebook, I was able to express it and look back at it many times. But what I find interesting for artists like you who are singer-songwriters and, and you get to publish your music and get it out on the airwaves, how it affects so many other people in so many different ways. And I'm sure you can tell some stories about people who said, hey, your music kind of struck me this way or that way. Yeah, and it's um, it's a real privilege. You know, it's as you said, it's very personal. And I, I do put real personal things into my songs, which gets very awkward because mm. I record with my dad. <laughs> but I, I think the biggest, the biggest compliment someone can give a musician is saying like that song, like hit me, you know, that song is my life. That song is my story. Um, Cause then, you know, you're doing your job of, of just sharing, you know, connecting without even without even knowing the person you're connecting to them right person will say uh you know hey that that's kind of like my your song is my soundtrack you know uh, yeah and that, that's right. yeah, that's that's a huge compliment let's i'm really curious about like my parents weren't musical I, um, my late mom i make fun of her she sang in every key uh during church so um that was uh <laughs> you know as i looked at mom and wondering is that going to be passed down to me and, and they were all said it's true it has been passed down to me <laughs> Uh, but tell me about mom and dad. So they were both gigging and uh, yeah, mom's pregnant with you. So are they guitarists or like they come from? The um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, they both play. Um, they both play guitar. My dad is my dad considers himself a bass player. My dad's such a humble guy, too, that he'll be like, yeah, I'm a bass player. And you, you think like he says it as though he's like some goofball, you know, rehearsing in his parents' basement. And he's actually, you know, ridiculous. Right. Um, he also plays uh, piano and guitar. My mom is a guitar player. Um, and both of them, that's how they met. They met gigging. They met on breaks at gigs um, that were next door to each other. Oh, <laughs> like neat. they both went outside and met each other on the street, you know, during their gigs. And 
my mom did really what I do, which is like went out solo with an acoustic guitar and performed and um, would do, you know, bars, at gigs at bars and restaurants and that kind of thing. And my dad did that for a little while as well in a duo he was a part of. And then my dad, of course, got really into recording and ended up opening up a studio. So that's kind of the path his musicianship took. Mm. But it's really, uh, it's a blessing to have grown up with both of those influences, to not be afraid of the technical side, because I had a father who would not allow me to be, right. and to have such a force of a singer-songwriter and with really legit singing and guitar chops for a mother. You know, it's a wonderful thing to have come out of. Yeah, so you're, you're, in, you're in this fertile ground, okay? At, at 12, I think you said, you know, kind of hit you, this is what, mm -hmm. what I want to do. Obviously, you probably were singing since you came out of the womb. Um, yeah. <laughs> and when, when did you when did you pick up uh, an instrument? What was it? Like, you know, did your parents teach you? They send you to somebody else? I don't, you know, how did that work for it, you? Um, it was that year. It was right when I kind of had that moment of like, I have to do this. Ooh. And I right away was like, well, I better learn how to play an instrument because I don't want to be just a singer. I don't know why I was making that value call at 12 years old, but I was like, I want to be, you know, a real musician. And um and I didn't want my parents to teach me. I, I they were both really good. In fact, I had had failed guitar and piano lessons with my mom and my dad, respectively, that just we never followed guilty, up on. Guilty on the piano over here. <laughs> so I just, um, we had instruments around the house and I took this old beat up acoustic guitar that my dad had bought for me and my sister and hid it in my room. I didn't want them to know I would only practice when they weren't at home. Wow. And so they didn't know I, I was learning guitar until I could already get through a Beatles song. <laughs> nice. and then my dad walked in on me and was like oh should we get you a real guitar that's funny for my daughter faith that uh she took cello in uh in middle school and i you know we made her sign the contract where i was the cello nazi uh during the time <laughs> and uh she moved away from that and then and then to like the ukulele and the guitar and we spent some time together just this and that no stress and it, it seemed to be mm -hmm. work out pretty well and and uh she did the camp thing, so you learn a thousand songs at camp that you remember till you're in your 90s, and uh, it, it's interesting <laughs> where you can uh, kind of go from that. So now you're 12. Well, you're a little bit older than 12 now, and a little bit. <laughs> when, when, when did you start writing? Uh, uh, that year, really? Um, and it has to do with. I mean, I was look. I was an angsty teenage girl. Yeah. <laughs> I was writing poetry already. In fact my poetry like being the weird person that i am i sang my poetry to myself as i write it like i always had a sense of melody mm. in my brain that was just a, a piece of creative rory i guess and so it wasn't a big leap for me to go to songwriting and i wrote my first song when i learned my first two chords and it was not i'm not saying it was a good song <laughs> but i wrote as i learned yeah, you jumped and in. sometimes the writing took me to a higher level of playing, you know. Yeah, you ju you jumped in the pool, so to speak, you know. Uh, yeah. As far as that goes, I mean, at twelve, with the hormones raging and the emotions of the I had up. so many feelings, <laughs> <laughs> and and you've gotten rid of them, so that's great that you've really really settled down. I'm and, free and clear. <laughs> you must be in control of your emotions, young lady, if you're going to be on my podcast. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Hey, I want to, I, I, I failed to do this in introducing you. You've got such an amazing background. Uh, and I joked about being, uh, having a healthy fear of, of women. Uh, and one of the reason why I say that in your bio, they call you the lady beast from Long Island. And that, yeah. <laughs> that kind of jumped out at me. as like, 
But, but the other thing that struck me uh, and, uh, is that you have a mission. And, and, um, and, and Mike Nugent picks up on this too, because he says something similar, like, hey, I'm here to play just to heal the world. And, yeah. and there's, uh, there's really something in my mind to be said about that, because I, and I spoke to another gentleman about this uh, the other day, about the lack of um, music with uh, a social justice theme and speaking to the difficult situations in life and our fellow man and, and uh, the, um, the downtrodden and the um, dismissed, I'll, I'll say dismissed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think when you have a vein of social justice uh, in your heart that you can put out in your music, man, that's a triple blessing as far as I'm concerned. Thank you. I feel that too. And I want to take a second and say like Mike Nugent is such a beautiful human. I, um, I, every, um, it, he just lights up a room. He's got such a great attitude. He feels really good to be around. He's a ridiculous musician too. So, so glad he connected us. Oh, I know. I was, I was actually, so I was, I, I met Mike because I, I knew the guitar somewhat, didn't know the, uh, the neck of the guitar and what I was playing. And, um, uh, Jim Small actually, when he was at Sam Ash suggested that I go uh, see Mike. And uh, it was great. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, but, you know, I was like intimidated because when you listen to him play and you go, oh, crap, I'm, I don't even want to deal with it. I'll, you know, I'll do the exercises, but that's it. I'm not going to do anything else, you know. And I got <laughs> to go back to it. But, uh, you know, uh, Mike and I are working together on some other things, his new album. It's just, it's, it's a joy. It's, it's, it's fun. Wish I had more time to do things like that. But yeah, Mike's a great guy. Uh, Mike Nugent's his name. I will do a plug because Mike has a new album out called Mike Nugent and the Blue Moon Band and everything's going to be all right. And it's out there on uh, on the different platforms. So that's like a quickie commercial. Not, 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 nice. Not like a real one. So so kudos to Mike. And Mike Mike's worked with you, right? Yeah, I've done some singing with him um, on a couple different projects. And uh, it's it's great. He's so casual and at once so competent. And I, I, if you've worked with him, you know what, what I mean by that, oh, sure. you know, he's, he's so easygoing and yet he, uh, he brings it, you know, and it's wonderful to work with him. That's great. And he works with your dad and your dad mixes things down and I've heard, I've yeah. heard great things about him as well. Now, do you have uh, siblings at all or that play in the, the... I, I have a sister. She's, um, not a musician, like not a gigging musician, I should say. She's actually a great singer, but it's not something she has like devoted her life to the way I have. She's a wonderful human and she has three small, wonderful humans that are her children that I get to spoil by buying loud presents as often as I can. Nice. I'm That's me. I'm the music aunt and my dad's the music grandpa. So it's, it's a noisy household and it's our fault. <laughs> that's great. It sounds like you have, you guys have a lot of fun and you know, I have, I have just to, to jump off of that. I have, I have nieces that, uh, you know, uh, I, I made the mistake or the blessing to um, let them play my harmonica collection uh, <laughs> in every key. And they just go, they just go to town. They'll march around the house, around the campfire and everything like that. And uh, I think it's, that's cool. You know, let's, let's, let's let the kids play, you know, and find their, their muse and their music if they choose to, to go into that, that realm, you know, so that's, yeah, that's, it's empowering. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's instead of screaming, you get to do other things. <laughs> or if you like me, you scream, but you set it to music. I know you, you do melodic screaming, which is, is melodic screaming. No, that, I think that's a song and I want some credit when you write it. Okay, so that's fair. I'm, just, just tossing you, I'm going to be tossing you muses all episodes. So um, 
I love it. Why don't we Why don't we take a break and uh, when we regroup, we'll explore some more things with uh, Rory Kelly. Stick with us. Pine Barrens Jam is a festival for Long Island by Long Island, curated and staffed by local creative volunteers from all backgrounds. PBJ strives to highlight the artists, poets, and musicians of the Long Island area to celebrate their art as well as celebrate the natural beauty of Long Island by way of conservation, awareness, and advocacy. The festival is August 20th at Blue Point Brewery in Patchogue, but you can also catch us there on 420 when there will be fun opportunities to score free swag and win prizes. On 424, come celebrate Earth Day with us and a special lineup of local performers, plus a chance to win tickets to the big day on August 20th. For tickets and more information, visit pinebaronsjam.com. The festival is also looking for volunteers, artists, and vendors. So if you are any of those things, you can find more info about how to get involved on the website. Hey, we're back, everybody, with Rory Kelly. Rory, what always interests me is what influences you? What kind of music do you listen to? What kind of artists do you uh, get drawn to? Um, I love singer-songwriters. I always have. And... I love in particular music that makes you feel like you're in the room with the person going through it with them. You know, it has those lyrics are a piece of it for me. Um, and it doesn't have to be any particular like genre or style. It's just like, if I, if I feel it, if I'm like, yeah, I know this person, even though I've never met them, then that's the music that, um, you know, is going to touch my heart and make me cry and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love music that's quirky and like, bends genres or challenges norms too. There's right. um there's a singer songwriter I listen to named Kate Miller Heidke. She is an Australian like pop singer and she's also an opera singer. Like Ooh. super legit opera singer like performs at the Sydney Opera House, um has performed at Lincoln Center here in the states and I've gotten to see her live because she'll like, you know, book a little show at Rockwood when she does that. And she's so She's so good. She brings her opera chops as well as this like great sense of humor and pop sensibility and willingness to be super weird to her, mm. to her songwriting. And it, it, it just like fills all the boxes for me. You know, it's like um, really moving, really smart. And at the same time, like really willing to, willing to be out of the box, you know, like willing to not be in the norms of any particular genre. Right. I, I think, and, and you kind of invited that, but what little I know about you, you have this sensibility of, you talk about being quirky and this and that, but really you, you make yourself vulnerable by just being mm -hmm. yourself, you know, being, um, as, as I'm aging, uh, you know, I look to certain people, and this is a left field thing. I look at Bill Murray, right? Mm -hmm. the, the actor, uh, comedian, who uh, seems to me to be very present in everything that he does a purposeful presence. And that's where, as you get to know yourself and, and, you know, not worry about criticism or how people can react, that you can be just honest. And I think that's so attractive to people, not only in, to me in conversation and, and to wanting to spend time with this, but also how you can take that into your music and your art and have that authenticity that says, wow, this is something different. It's not a particular genre per se. You know, it, it, it kind yeah. of can flow back and forth. And I did I did notice this because it's my favorite radio station since I discovered it about six years ago is WFUV. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't, uh, maybe I'm a cranky old bastard, but I can't listen to it like pop radio anymore. And I don't like segmented radio. And that's what I liked about FUV. But you happen to be 
2017, you were the, the staff's top 10, one of the top 10 Yeah, that artists. was really cool. Yeah, Am John right? Platt uh, picked me as a staff pick that year with uh, If You Teach a Bird to Sing, which is like, it, it's been a song that's brought a lot of good to me. So that was like such a blessing. It's, it's nice to get that recognition. And it's a, it's a great station for those who don't know, know it. It's WFUV, uh, the Fordham radio station in uh, New York. When I was a kid, we used to listen to Polish music on Sundays because they would do ethnic nice. music on Sundays. They, they still do the Irish hour. The other thing that kind of jumped out, well, let's, let's, we didn't even get deep into your influences. Who else? Well, Who well else? let's see. I love uh, Rufus Wainwright. Um, absolutely love his songwriting. And again, like willingness to kind of uh, cheerfully traverse the genre boundaries. <laughs> I grew up on Alanis. Right. So I grew up right at that time where we had like the little affair and all the you know, strong women of song, like coming out in the late nineties, that was the year I learned guitar. And so Alanis is still my home girl. Like I have all her albums, every, everything she puts out is, I think you capture it with that word vulnerable. Like she's very, very real and willing to just be emotionally raw and, and yet also like, you know, masterful lyrically. And so she's kind of like a beacon of shining light to me. <laughs> nice. nice. One, one of the ladies that I recently really enjoyed, went to see her at Mm -hmm. Forest Hills for COVID uh, was uh, Brandy Carlisle. Brandy Carlisle is so good. You, you remind me a bit about her uh, in, in what Thank in you. what you do with your with your vocals. I mean, I maybe I'm overstepping, but you treat your vocals as oh, another yeah. instrument, and it weaves through there. She does the same same thing as well. She had a great story. If you haven't read her biography, it, it's it's an amazing story. She was, um, she was a child singer, right? Probably around the same time you started mm -hmm. in age. But she was, you know, brought up in uh, abject poverty, basically, oh, wow. in, in the huh. West Coast. And, you know, dad was a dishwasher, a bartender, mom, waitress, and, uh, you know, wow. they struggled. I think they moved 14 times in, like, 16 years when she was Oh, wow. Yeah. It's those things that, you know, that build character, you know, the scars that we get. And, uh, yeah, so it's, anyway, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of hers uh, as well. So when I first started listening to your music, I saw that thread uh, of her and you and vice versa. So, oh, thank you. That's a big compliment because nice. she's uh, amazing. You know, you know, it's nice. The uh, You're one of the first persons because I've talked to a lot of older musicians just so happen to be. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's either the Everly Brothers, the Beatles, or, or the Beach Boys uh, were big influences. So it's interesting, more contemporary influences in your life and, and how that played a yeah. role. Yeah. Um, I won't say I wasn't influenced by the Beatles, though. So I uh, My dad, I grew up I grew up with the whole Beatles discography in my ear. My dad was in a Beatles duo for a lot of years. <laughs> yeah. So not only, not only did I grow up with the Beatles, I grew up with him explaining to me the correct harmony parts and like showing me, you know, <laughs> the voice leadings on in my life and stuff like that in my bedroom. So really cool stuff, you know, like really a cool way to grow up. So you had a live-in professor. Yes, <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> so all the singer songwriters listening to this are so jealous. Damn, if I just had that. <laughs> It's lucky. And it's lucky because he wouldn't let me get away with not kind of reaching my potential. If I told him, oh, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to set up my stereo or whatever. He'd be like, well, I'm going to show you and then I'm going to expect you to know how to do it. And that's really good. I know so many women, especially who are afraid of technology and it is not because they're not smart enough to do it. It's because no one ever showed them the way like a man shows his son, that kind of thing. And my dad wasn't sexist. Right. He was just like, well, you're going to learn. Here you go. You're smart enough to do this. And I'm really grateful for that. It's great. Yeah, my daughter Faith is very, very technically astute. I'm a, I'm a gadget mm -hmm. guy, and uh, I, I believe I did the same thing with her. We weren't afraid to 
explore things. And it certainly helped her during COVID as a teacher, where uh, some of the older teachers who were a little bit uh, intimidated by the technology on how to do remote mm-hmm. learning or whatever played it. And um, do you want to do your live song now or do you want to... Um, want to do it later in the program. I'll do it now. Cool. Cool. Which, uh, well, you, you take it from here. Cause I talk too much. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to play a song called Lion Streak, which is uh, on my album, uh, Shadow Work. And this is, uh, this song has evolved so many, so many different ways, but I've got uh, my looper and a few different instruments here. So this is me kind of trying to serve the song as best I can as one human in three minutes. <laughs> Excellent. ends up getting twisted think that I was meant to be a weird old cat lady I try to let go and just be myself has anyone ever found that helpful I don't even know who the real me is these days I'm on a lion street. I didn't mean to be. I'm hiding, I'm hiding, I'm hiding. Everything about the real me. Try to tell you who I am, but it just ends up getting twisted. Walk away thinking something, it was never what I meant. It was never my idea to go in any closets. People just stuff you in there in tight storage boxes. I fight my way out again and again and still you think it was me who was confused i'm on a wild street i didn't mean to be i'm hiding i'm hiding i'm hiding everything about the real me Thank you. 
absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for that. And I'm sitting here watching through a webcam this young lady do all these different parts live. Nothing's recorded. And it's, you just make it look so natural. I'm like envious. I'm like, I can't even get my looper to work right. I think it's broken because it's all timing, you know? It's but, absolutely uh, timing. You will get so good with time if you work with a looper. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife works with the looper and that's me. I'm a little loopy. Oh, so, wow. Uh, oh, I got to hear your wife. That's awesome. I love Debbie. She's great. She's, she's the spouse and she'll agree to this that uh, I had a good friend tell me, he goes, a spouse is the person who tells you what you need to hear, not always what you mm -hmm. want to hear. I may not like it at the moment, but uh, she's, she knows me sometimes better than myself. So uh, she knows what's behind the mask yep. if we go back to your song. And um, it's funny, as I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about, you know, it's not the real me. And, and yeah, you kind of self-analyze sometimes when you hear a song. Say, yeah, that, that's me. Or I hide behind comedy and laughs when, you know, there's a little pain inside. Yeah. And that's how I cope. That's how I cope. Because if uh, it was the real me, I'd be blowing my eyes out. Uh, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's it, yeah. right? Like I'm up here entertaining because it's better than crying. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That loop, that, that loop I'm going to use, <laughs> no pun intended, that loops back to that appreciation I think we all have about the person who's authentic. Mm -hmm. And you say, wow, I, I, you know, they're revealing themselves to me in the yeah. moment in whatever way and uh, that's a you know, that's a blessing it yeah. really is because it, do, it doesn't always it doesn't always happen. and it gives us permission i think you know it's like oh like they're feeling this maybe i'm allowed to feel it too right exactly yeah i was talking to this guy tom and he kept on saying no judgments no judgments <laughs> and he was half joking but he gave me permission to be authentic by by saying no yeah. judgments. Uh, you know in that in that phrase there's another that's that's another one i'm throwing <laughs> away that's another, that's another news. <laughs> All right. So my gift Thank to you. you. I'm All honored. Right, so I can say I, I knew Rory when, when she stole, <laughs> when she stole my school. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the other thing I, I picked out of your bio, which kind of blows my mind is that you played at the I White did. House. Oh, it was such a, such a cool thing. Tell, tell, tell me about that. I mean, yeah, it, it was, um, I'll tell you, it wasn't because I'm big and famous. It's because um, I'm bisexual, um, which a little bit is what that song is about. Um, it's about being an invisible minority and what that's like growing up. The bisexual community is incredibly close-knit and um, incredibly, um, they show up for each other. We we help each other. We are a, a, a minority and a minority, kind of, you know what I mean? And Sure, I know exactly what you mean. So the Obama administration was the first ever administration to actually give us a day to talk about specifically the concerns and experiences of bisexual people in the United States of America. And I should say like bi plus, bisexual, pansexual, kind of everyone under the umbrella. And that was groundbreaking of them to do. And the other groundbreaking thing was that they gave us permission to include artists. So there were poets and musicians that were included in that, along with people sharing really important statistics. Like for example, bisexual people are more likely to experience domestic violence than either straight or gay people. Mm. Although um, unfortunately I think transgender people have the dubious winning thing on that where they experience a, a great deal of domestic violence. And it's important to know those statistics so that we can respond to them. 
And then they also allowed us to have this artistic component. And I got to be a part of that. And it was just such a blessing, you know, to be able to be, to be able to be there and really feel like, wow, like for real, my community is getting his voice heard in the biggest possible way in America. Yeah. And I think, you know, the whole uh, LGBTQ movement and, and I'm an older guy and I've, I've seen some of the bigoted ways mm -hmm. I had as a youth uh, about that and how many things are um, tied in institutionally mm -hmm. that give people permission to lash out sinful people. And it's just these horrors that, that uh, I've seen. And I think the tide, the tide I is think turning. So too. Uh, and, and I think that, um, hey, you know, we're all people, <laughs> we're, just, we're just human beings, you know, that want to love and mm -hmm. be loved and, and have relationships and be back to being authentic let me be authentic and uh you know don't don't cram me in the corner or or torture me over it so um you're a good voice for that i, I appreciate appreciate you. you sharing i, I want to say know. too i appreciate you mm -hmm. being open about like having changed your beliefs over the years about that and having you know had which i think all of us have you know like roots we can't help it we absorb things before we're even verbal the what's the word like you know the beliefs of the society that we're in and then we have the opportunity to mm -hmm. learn and grow like when we know better we can do better but i think it's really healthy for us to be able to be like hey i'm flawed i probably have said some crappy racist things in my life and i'm ready to learn and do better you know and i probably have said some you know crappy ableist things in my life i'm ready to learn and do better and i think that's a lot healthier than feeling this pressure to be perfect all the time i, I don't think that's realistic right the goal should be learning and that's where, you know, exposure to uh, different lifestyles, that's where music kind of expands mm -hmm. that out, you know, for people who might say, well, I don't know anybody. Uh, well, you yeah, do. You do. You know, Brandy you Carlisle. You, you know, you Rufus do, but you don't. <laughs> Yeah. What? Rufus? I know who would guess, right? <laughs> wow. I just learned something. <laughs> but that, that's, that's where, uh, you know, going back to your mission statement of, of music healing mm -hmm. things, you know, that plays a, a deep role because guess what? The, uh, I don't know, at least with me, maybe people are wired that way. The tune kind of mm -hmm. sticks with you. And when you're hit with an emotion, you know, you have that one song, I think you're going to do a little bit later. It's a very empowering mm -hmm. song. And, uh, you know, have, having a daughter myself, she is both Debbie and uh, my uh, inspiration just from her spirituality her, uh, her prayer life, just the way she approaches life is, is really inspirational. She's just great. I, and she's actually, she said, she goes, dad, I got, I want to interview you on the, on the podcast oh, and turn cool. the table. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm getting scared <laughs> now. See, it's the authenticity. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary to be seen. Hey, what I'm really interested in is your approach to one one uh, by the way i love your website the reps the website is rory kelly k-e-l-l-y dot com uh everyone's got to check it out because i you know what freaked me out about your website oh tell me that damn guitar in the water oh i know <laughs> doesn't it just tweak you <laughs> is it is tell me tell me it's photoshop tell me it's it's not Photoshop. What it is actually is a guitar that had already like um, had its heyday and was broken and was not going to be a guitar again. And so it was um, a friend donated it because the photographer had the concept. He Brian Downey, who's an amazing photographer, called me up and was like, your guitar is only going to get a little wet. And I'm like, 
mm, no, no. <laughs> so at the last moment, we had a friend come through and say, I have this guitar that I was literally going to turn into a planter. So why don't you do the shoot with that? And we did. And and then I think she did turn it into a planter. So, you know, it lives on. <laughs> yeah, but that's, it's it's funny. It's just the visual just kind of, oh, oh no, no, no. I know, right? It just makes you like clutch at your chest, like, oh God. <laughs> the website's really cool. You got some merch on there. I like that. You're, yeah. I see you're on Twitter. I just started following you. Excellent. So, uh, you know, we're going to advertise this episode like mad people. Okay. Yeah. And you, well, you know, if you see me on social media, like I will, uh, I will share it all the places because that's, that's how I am. I can't help okay. it. I'm an internet nerd. I have it on recording. So that is a legal contract. Everyone right there. She will, <laughs> will promote this. But what I was fascinated about, um, so I only got into Twitter a little while ago. It was pretty cool. Found some tips and tricks on, on how to do that. Met some um, very interesting people who helped get a, another story about my life out. And without Twitter, it wouldn't have gotten out there and got mm. published and what have you. Uh, but um, tell me about um, Twitch, right? Twitch? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah I'm just Tell twitchy. me about it because it's, it's yeah, no, not yeah. Well, I know you're moving <laughs> around a lot and people can't <laughs> see that because it's audio, but tell me about Twitch and, and, and what you do on that and how that came about. Yeah. Um, well, Twitch is like so many people, um, you know, like live streaming really became a real buzzword in 2020 because suddenly we couldn't play gigs anymore. And I have been doing a little bit of streaming, but very much the, um, you know, the half-baked, like, I'm a musician with a gig. I'll put a phone on a stand and stream it. You know, like I wasn't doing anything really serious. But then all we could do was stream. And I was like, well, I'm an internet nerd. Let's do this. And I fell in love with it. Like, I have to say a lot of people kind of did it while they had to, and then went back to gigs. And I was like, Oh no, I'm going to keep streaming and I'm going to make it a big part of my life. And I found that Twitch is just a really wonderful place for it because unlike, you know, so many other Facebook and all of that, it's, it is just about streaming. It is a site that is about nothing other than streaming. So it's the least glitchy that I have found. Um, and it also, really treats the streamers well. So I'm a Twitch affiliate, which means that I actually um, get a part of like the, you know, Twitch advertising dollars or whatever, when someone goes and sees an advertisement on the site. Um, certainly I'm not like, you know, counting my millions of dollars or anything like that, but I feel that their model like kind of does it as fair as it can be. And, gotcha. So, so in yeah. contrast to doing like Facebook live, um, yeah. which I, 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 I did with uh, Mike, uh, and Jim Small at, at a bar, it came out pretty good. Realized mm -hmm. that I had to keep it land the phone landscape and not to turn it sideways because I can't yep. tell you how many people I've seen. You know, we all learned. <laughs> yeah, not not going to look at them sideways for any any length of time. So so Twitch Twitch started out for gamers, right? Originally, yeah. And then um, there's a real a growing music scene on Twitch, and it's it's really cool. And it's got some features that are kind of built in to make that really communal and really allow yourself to build a community around what you're doing. And so I love that. So I did like, I brought, I brought a bunch of people over to Twitch. I was like, guys, you're going to love Twitch. I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming. <laughs> well, some people are daunted by it. <laughs> well, the other, the other thing I would, I, I would assume, and you got to tell me about this because even, you know, thank God with we use Squadcast to do this, um, this episode, this podcast, and, and uh, for those who don't know, Rory and I are looking at each other to see our expressions and my excitement and my, my silly smiles and her twitching and all that. Uh, <laughs> she 
just all but, over the place. It's awkward. But, but you, <laughs> you, you have to have either a great imagination because you, you have a virtual audience. Yeah. Uh, uh, you do get the feedback and, and uh, you know, the chats and, and you re you're smart because you react to that. And that gives engagement back and forth. I find interesting, but you're in a different mode, I guess, you know, as opposed to, you know, clamoring cocktail glasses and what have you. Yeah. I, I actually find it to be more of a deep connection. I think a lot of people feel disconnected on the internet and I understand like you don't have the physical physicality of people around you, but if I'm playing at a bar, it's just as you say, I'm competing, you know, if I'm at a coffee shop, as soon as someone orders an espresso, <laughs> you know, my volume is going to not gonna be the top Bob. I have a coffee for Bob. Is, is yeah, there a Bob right. <laughs> and then, and then the steamed milk starts going and it's all over. Um, but you know, if I'm, if I'm online, first of all, everyone can talk and engage with me without interrupting the broadcast. Then they're not hecklers. Then they're like part of the community. And I get to have this engagement with them in a way that does not interrupt the flow of the music and ruin it for anybody. And it really is special. We get to share like some real vulnerability, especially during 2020. Like so many people were losing people. So many people were going mm -hmm. through difficult times. And I really found that my community was like willing to come together around it, willing to be like, oh man, like Fred, you're having a difficult time. You know, someone in the hospital, like let's, let's everybody put some light around Fred and everyone did, you know? Nice. And it, it just is beautiful to see everybody kind of coming together and, and loving one another in this digital format. It's been really special and meaningful for me. Yeah. You just have to be open to that, that different type of connection. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I I think there's a backlog um, as far as people wanting to go out and and mingle with each other because of COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, but that that's this is a good point. Um, you know, how many stories have you heard of people dying of COVID and the nurse, my cousin did, you know, brought brought the iPad over so you could talk to them. You know, yeah. and it's a it's a blessing. You know, it, it's not the best. You want to be there holding their hand, but it's better than nothing. You know, absolutely. And, and, and I, yeah. I, th I think that's that's really kind of key. So I'm really excited about what you're doing. I'm excited because you'll help teach me how to do these things. Because oh, absolutely. My my wife always said I have a face for radio. So uh, <laughs> doing doing a video podcast um, uh, eventually. Event I think when I retire, uh, I, I think I'll get to that because I'll, I'll have I'll have fun with it. I always have fun with people uh, and, and get to know the, the person behind the art and the music is is. Uh, it's just something I don't think you get in most places, you know, uh, and, and now, you know, yeah. you know what I'm doing now. I'm listening to uh, really good interviewers, old interviewers. Uh, I was not a big Howard Stern fan when I was a younger man, uh, but what a great interviewer. Uh, yeah, he, he is. is. He really, yeah. uh, he really takes the fan approach, I think, as well and, and, and asks about, you know, how they go. Let's do this. I want to, I want to ask you in writing songs, do you have a process when the muse comes to you? Do you do you have the luxury to stop and write it down, or or what? How do you get your ingredients together to to make this cake or the souffle or this casserole? <laughs> well, it's um, it's different every time, which I'm sure you've heard other songwriters say. But um, for me, I'm so busy, and I'm lucky and blessed to be busy. I'm lucky and blessed to be doing this full time. You know, um, I'm always on the road. I'm always going somewhere. I'm always doing the next thing I have to do for, you know, like the business side, there is a lot, there's a lot behind the scenes, as I'm sure, you know, like in the music business, it has to happen. And I don't have a label or anyone doing that for me. And, um, so most often I like inspiration hits and I am like, 
literally behind the wheel or, you know, I'm live at a gig and I'm like, Oh, I hope, I hope I remember this later, you know? And so it's a, it's a very segmented process right now, differently from when I was a teenager and I had free time and I would just like spend hours with my guitar every day. Now it's like, I'll have an idea and I'll get the voice recorder going. And then at some point weeks later, I'll be like, I got to get all these voice recordings off my phone. And I'll like have a session where I go through, you know, and rediscover those ideas. And I would love for it to be more like, there certainly are days when I have woken up and sat down and written a song and that's felt wonderful. But often it's, it's like, I just don't have that time. I just don't have the time to sit down and spend three hours writing a song because I got to be somewhere. But the creativity comes out. And that's something I am more and more grateful for as time goes on. Yeah, I've, I've heard that there are a lot of musicians and singer-songwriters that when they're on the road uh, traveling, and I find that for me in the car is when things kind of hit me, yeah. when I'm kind of isolated, uh, mm -hmm. and how many albums are, are written, you know, in a bus uh, on the way to whatever. Do you, now, do you, do you book your own gigs, you know, traveling? Or how oh, yeah. Do you, oh, you do? Wow, so you're working. You're really working. working. I do, yeah. I um. I am the, you know, I'm, I'm a one woman show in every way. And I certainly get like, uh, unlike the administrative stuff, like listing shows and stuff like that, the stuff that doesn't require my brain to necessarily be a part of it. My husband helps a lot and that's wonderful. Um, so like if you see the tour listings on my website, that's because I sent him my chicken scratch and he put it up there. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but you need that because you can't, you know, you can't you do can, all the things you can get in, into the weeds and then all of a sudden two hours went by because you're yeah. making it perfect. Yeah, you know, look just perfect, you know, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I see that even with this podcast, you know, editing certain things and, you know, just doing the little artwork and do little album covers to, to put up on uh, Instagram and stuff like that with each episode just to have something a little less cheesy up there. <laughs> yeah. And it's fun, but it's, um, but like, like, like you said, you can, so much time can go by and then you're like, oh man, the boring things I had to do still have to get done. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then I get the reminder of, Hey, uh, this is not paying you and you do have a full-time job and, yeah. uh, you know, kind of concentrate that. Why don't we do this? Let, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's see that other, I, think I would call it an anthem of a song. Uh, oh, thank you. Which should be played for uh, every daughter in the world. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Are you a singer songwriter who wants to take your music to the next level? and you need some professional musicians and really that expertise to help you along, well, check out Melts in Your Ears Studio. It's Mike Nugent's studio. If you like what you've heard here today, Mike's the guy who can make the connections, put the tracks together, and give you a quality product. Check it out. We are back with Rory Kelly. And uh, Rory, I, I want to... I, I spoke a, a hint of what we're going to hear uh, played, and uh, I called it an anthem. So tell us a little bit about the song that we're going to have coming up. Well, this song, um, it's about a theme that I, I find that I have to keep exploring in my songwriting, which is belligerent positivity. Um, you know, mm. when you're facing difficult times, I think we don't always have it in us to dig deep and be like, the sun will come out tomorrow. Like it's all going to be okay. Um, honestly, I think sometimes we, we got to just be like, I'm going to get through it because screw you, <laughs> you know, and um, not you, Steve, obviously, <laughs> but um, you know, that really is 
that has been fuel for me over the years, like, especially as a, a full-time musician who just went through a pandemic and a female musician in an industry that is surprisingly still almost as sexist as it was when my mother was doing the same stuff, you know, 20 years prior. Mm. Um, you know, you kind of have to have a sense of humor and you have to be willing to use that pushback as fuel to keep pushing, you know? And that's really what the song is about. And it's called This Girl. Um, so I, I guess that does make it kind of like a, a little bit of a female anthem. But I hope everyone can relate to that feeling of whatever. Like, yeah, times are tough, but I'm going to get tougher. Right. I shouldn't have pigeonholed it as, as a female. I, I'm just thinking about my daughter. and, and uh... Well, it has the word girl in it. It's right there. For oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. So uh, let's have a listen. We'll be right back. Sorry, but the schedule's full right now. Sorry, but we found somebody else. Sorry, but we can't afford to pay you tonight. Sorry, it to cancel. I hope it's alright. I'm so far from alright. I come out the other side. This girl won't back down. Won't back down. This girl won't back down.
let me tell you, one of the things about your song that gets my gumption up about the song, not about the song, but when I've had, maybe this happens to you, when somebody tells me, Steve, you can't do that, or that's impossible, or, you know, you're crazy, you know. I'm like, screw you, I'm going to try it in most cases. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that, that seems to come, that, that's what the inspiration I got from that song, you know. Turn, yeah. turn, that, turn that into energy and power and let that be your power aid to go tackle things, you know. So. Yeah, a little bit. You just described my entire career. <laughs> what? That's you know. So, sometimes it's those little bumps in the road that tell you it can't be done that um, make you climb that mountain, so to speak. You know. So, yeah, uh, you realize how strong you are. Yeah. So I've looked. I've looked on on your website. You got a lot of things going on. Uh, this is uh, your last name's Kelly, so obviously there's some sort of Irish influence there somewhere. So, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> So tell, tell us where you're playing. What do you, what do you got coming up next? What, what do you do every week? When is the Twitch thing on? And, and let our audience know. And I'm sure they can find it all on your site, lorikelly.com. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, tell them what you got coming, coming up. Well, thank you for asking. Yeah, I've got, um, I got a few regular things going on that I'm really excited about. Um, but I also have coming up, I'll be playing at the Michael Braceland Art Gallery in Patchogue on April 8th. That... Um, Tickets are available basically by emailing or messaging me on, you know, some type of social media. And it's, that is the, a tiny little room, like puts the intimate in intimate. And oh, nice. um, so like extremely limited. So if you do want to show up, it's $10 and I'm going to be performing Shadow Work, my, which is the album that came out in 2021. So new album. Uh, from start to finish. Cause I never got to have a release party. It wasn't a time oh. when we were really able to do that. So I'm going to be performing it, me and my looper from start to finish, and then probably going to also mix in some newer songs and some poetry and stuff. It's going to be a really special night. I'm really excited. So that's April 8th. Message me if you would like in on that. Um, there's still some tickets left. And <laughs> weekly, um, I'm on Twitch every Monday night uh, for Monday Night Muses, where I present another songwriter and at seven from seven to 8 PM Eastern. And then at eight o'clock I take over and Oh, all hell breaks loose. I do music. I do poetry. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of goofiness and shenanigans. And I also recently added a stream on Sunday called can't find my keys, which is how you first saw me, Steve. And I don't, I'm, I just am counting my lucky stars that out of that you were like, Oh, I'd like you to have, I'd like you to come on my podcast because it really is. It's a, it's a, it's a live stream that celebrates my ineptitude on the piano. <laughs> I have, uh, I all. like so not, many people not that had all. hobbies in 2020 and the learning the piano was mine. And so that's what I do. I do can't find my keys and I do not have the guitar near me and I am forced to play everything on piano to try and make myself better. And um, my, my thing is either it's going to be fun because I play it well, or it'll be funny because I don't. <laughs> so that's what, you, yeah. you, you do well. You can't. You come off very professional, very natural. That was my experience. I really love the fact that you engage with your audience through the chat, and you you acknowledge them, and they put requests in, and and, yeah. and you have an area of uh, songs that are available for requests, mm -hmm. and uh, you, you did really well. It's it's kind of like you're putting yourself out there. You know, it's like stand up. You're right in the middle, and uh, you know you're climbing the mountain without a rope. You know, or a safety net. So, yeah, yeah, no net. And, yeah. uh, and I'm the, I'm the idiot who thought that was a cool idea for a show <laughs> to do every week, but I, it's a I, lot of fun. I, 
I think it's I think it's great, and I think you're you're going to find singer songwriters who are attracted to this program that are going to reach out to you, and see what you do, and say, hey, you know what, I I want to join that community, uh, and and get to do it because that's a different way for me to uh, expose my art. And the same thing with this podcast, um, you know, exposing you know full songs and for people to get a flavor of the uh, you know of the musician is, is kind of cool. I have people say to me, it's great you didn't play like you know just a snippet as a teaser. You gave me the whole song. And the fact that you did it live is really, uh, I'm, 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 I'm love, really I'm impressed. I'm a live performer. You know, I can't help it. I always want to do it live if I can. No, no, it's great. Paul, you, well, you got the engineer behind you with all the fancy microphones and, you know, well, yeah. no, he's not there, but, but. No, but, crazy. but this is uh, this microphone that you are, that you can see. It's an SM27 for the gearheads at home. Um, <laughs> this is definitely courtesy of Kevin Kelly, as is the Pro Tools session, making me sound so good right now. <laughs> well, I'll definitely have to uh, come over to your dad's house for a lesson or two as as he listens. I know I know he corrected one of my podcasts that you got to do it in stereo. You, you're, really, you're really cheating Mike's songs in it. I was like, hey, all right. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's yeah. so all good. He's uh, the audio I, police, but in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. Hey, look, if you're interviewing musicians and they don't have a good ear, then you don't have the right musician, I guess, you know. Yeah. But, uh, Rory, I really want to thank you for your time. A good friend of mine uh, told me, you know, we can account for a lot of things, what we own, what's in our bank account. We can't always account for uh, the time we have here. Uh, so mm -hmm. the fact that you said, hey, you know what, uh, I'll spend an hour with Steve, who I've never met. I hope you heard good things. <laughs> uh, and um, we had fun. We had fun. And I look forward to more, more of the gals. Bring them on. Bring them yeah. on. Watch I'm out, Pandora's. You heard it here first. That is a that's a legally binding contract. We are being I'm, recorded. <laughs> I, am, I, I am no longer afraid for the moment. For the moment, <laughs> it's okay. Baby steps. <laughs> all right, all right, Rory. Be well, peace, and uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.